the story you are about to hear is true. Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? Here's adventure. Here's romance. Here's the famous Robin Hood of the Old West. Aw, just sneak in. Not me. I ain't going to church. No Sunday school today. Good morning, and welcome to the Removing Confusion podcast. It's May the 1st, 2022. That is one more month being ripped from the calendar. The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? Psalm 27.1. Because we don't want to promote fear here. But we do want you to be well aware of what goes on in the world around you. And again, we'd like to thank our corporate sponsors right off here at the top of the show. Step on socks. Boy, if you haven't seen these socks, you're missing something. For those of you who are diehard patriots, lovers of America... You have to have a pair of step-on socks. And the best way to get them is to go to the website, steponsocks, all one word, dot com, backslash, removing confusion, and yours truly will get a little bit of credit for that. I don't get paid yet, but, you know, (laughs) anyway... I, I really do. I believe in this this group. They're they're a small company. They're an American company, and they have a lot of cool stuff as well as the rather fun to see socks that they have. These socks are kind of awesome. They're the red, white, and blue. A lot of them they have. They'll have on the bottom written like Pelosi, Obama, Schumer, whatever, and that's who you're stepping on. So now you get the idea behind Step On Socks. Go over there and check them out. Steponsocks.com slash removing confusion. Thank you very much for that. And we thank our sponsor as well that uh, has taken a chance on us. We're the little guys, you know. We're the little guy here. So it's good to have somebody that at least gives us a shot and believes in us. Anyway, let's get going here. Let's get going. We got a lot of cover. And a little bit of time. Some of this stuff is just so ridiculous that it just pales in comparison to anything real. Uh, they had their the first time in six years that we had the Washington Correspondents Press Dinner over there in D.C., So, you know, with all the things that are going on in the world, we still need to get together and make fun of uh, what's going on in the world. Now, I played for you several weeks or a month ago, one that happened back in 2003 or 4 or wherever when Bush was in office. And he was making these jokes about the inability to find any chemical biological or nuclear weapons in Iraq. Well, they're not over here or must be under there. He even made a video walking around the Oval Office, looking under the desk and checking under the rug or whatever, making 
light of a fact that he sent close to 5,000 men to their death over nothing just in Iraq. Now, if if my numbers are wrong, I apologize. But let me say this. It's not laughing matter. It is not a laughing matter. When you lie, oh, well, we had bad intelligence. Well, you know what? The intelligence in Washington, D.C., to me, has gotten no better. They like to tell, I think it's gotten worse. Or they just love to cover stuff up. Remember, uh, all the way through the Obama years, oh, no, he didn't do anything wrong. He didn't have any bad intelligence and blah, blah, blah. And he's going to get us out of the war in Afghanistan and on and on. Well, he still did because he had Biden do it. He knew that the way of withdrawal that they would do when he was in office, Obama, would have made him look really bad because he would have done it probably the same way that they did it here a few months back. And many people have paid the ultimate price for that bad act. Okay, enough of that. So we go to the Washington press correspondence brief, or what not briefing, uh, their dinner. Everybody puts on their suits, their 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 uh, tuxedos, and their black ties. And they all glad to hand together. Now here's the thing. Uh, let me let me play this clip so I can get my brain working right. This is Trevor Noah. You know, it's a th- like 13 seconds. You know, I think ever since you've come into office, things are really looking up. You know, gas is up, rent is up, food is up, everything. No, it really has been a tough first year for you, Mr. President. And, and sh- Yeah. Okay, let's, let's laugh. All you guys that are making six digits a year or more, you can sit there and laugh about the little people out here who can't afford now to buy fertilizer to spread on their fields and uh, other uh, sundries that, well, you know, that which is going to make the food cost more because there's going to be less. Inflation, which is driving the price of food up, the price of gasoline is out through the roof. Oh, we got it down to 375 Oh, good. Oh, yeah. Okay. A year and a half ago, it was two and a quarter. And they'll blame Exxon and Texaco or whoever the, you know, Mobile, Marathon. They're all the, they're the guys to blame. They're gouging you. Well, why weren't they gouging me back when Trump was in office? Now, I'm not a Trump fanatic. I'm not. I just feel like God gave us four years, no matter who he used at that point in time. It, it, it could have been a, a King Darius moment or Cyrus where you know God used a, a, a man such as Trump to give us a break so that we could get, about, get out about and do the work. When God says work, it doesn't always mean building cars, building fences and all the other stuff or, or, you know, plowing a field or mowing the grass at the church or whatever it is you think is work. You know, if a man doesn't work, don't let him eat. It says, now that's, you know, the Bible's a, a two way street or not two way streets. It's not wrong, wrong analogy. Uh, the Bible is a two layered system work as in doing the physical work that needs to be done. Get things done work as in the spiritual aspect of work where you go out into the hedges and the highways and you do the job as a Christian and bring more sheep into the fold. That's the important work to God. But let's get off that for now. Uh, You know me, if I start talking Bible study, we won't get into when maybe that's a good thing i'm not knocking it don't trust me we we're gonna we're gonna touch on something here in a minute anyway that's near and dear to all of our hearts i think so is it okay for uh 
these guys all get together and laugh at the expense of the American people? I do not think so. The reason they didn't have one of those for six years is because Trump was in office. And he decided, and they decided, well, there was an absolute hate-hate relationship between Donald J. Trump and the news media. Because he couldn't get a fair shake. Russia, 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 Russia. And now we're at war with Russia. Uh, If colluding with Russia was true, which it was not for Trump, then we should applaud him. At least we don't have to worry about uh, nuclear missiles and subs and all the other things that can come and visit us when the Russians finally get their fill of our gunk with this lame dimwit. Who, oh, and he sat there while Trevor Noah, Trevor Noah made these jokes. I and mean, that, you know, that was a, a side swipe, really, if you ask me, about his presidency, Biden's presidency. You know, since you've been here, everything's looking up. Yeah, the prices of everything are way up. That's not a compliment. That's not even a, it's, it's true. It's a joke, right? He's trying to make a joke. And they all giggle and laugh and clap their hands. It just makes me want to throw up. And uh, I know that doesn't sound good to have your host talk about, you know, throwing up. But it's just the way it is. Trump did do an, uh, uh, he did do an interview with Piers Morgan. Now, you know, love him or hate him, Piers Morgan is what he is. And, and Trump doesn't like him. He's, he made it pretty plain. Uh, Trump said something in this interview that was rather interesting. And I, I think, you know what, let me, let me backtrack. We'll, we are going to listen to that in a minute, but more importantly, at this point in time for us is Nancy Paluser and a group of her other fellow losers decided to go on a secret mission to Ukraine. Now, you know, this is a country at war. And if I understand, they met down in Kiev or, you know, do we have to change the name of Kiev, Chicken Kiev now forever? It's now Chicken Kiev. You know, all my life I've ever heard, you know, and maybe it's because I'm not Ukrainian, but I've always heard it referred to as Kiev. Uh, But now it's Kiev. So anyway, that's where they were at. And uh, she went in there with this this group of Democrats, I'm sure, you know, and talked to Vladimir Zelensky, the president of of Ukraine. And I'm, I'm sure he was happy to have her there because... Uh, she's probably the only person who's, you know, shorter than he is, but they shook hands and he made, he made nice over her. And, you know, she had a few things to say this, this audio is not really all that good, but you, you'll get the idea. We believe that we are visiting you, uh, to say thank you uh, for your fight for freedom, that we are on a frontier of freedom and that your fight is a fight for everyone. And so our commitment is to be there for you until the fight is done. We believe that we are visiting you. (laughs) Does that mean she doesn't really know if she's there or not? You know, I'll I'll tell you this. Look, I'm not anti-Ukrainian. I'm not anti-anybody. I believe that they're... Uh, I had a, a friend of mine, we were talking about um, people that are lost, basically, don't know the Lord. And that person made a statement, says, well, you know, a lot of people don't like this fellow, but he's a soul. And that's how we have to look at everybody. We have to look at every nation and every person in that nation. They are a soul or a group of souls. There's a lot of people in Russia, though, that know the Lord. I don't know about Ukraine much. Uh, there are some classic old churches there. There's a lot of Catholic, and I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, uh, but there is a lot of the the Russian Orthodox, the, was it Eastern Orthodox, whether 
there's a lot of those old classic churches there. And I honestly you know, think that'll, that'll help you, Ukraine in a way from having Kiev bombed into nothing because uh, Putin, Vlad Putin's not going to trash those churches. All right. I'm, I'm, that's just, that's not a prophetic utterance for me. That's just kind of a offhanded prediction. Cause, uh, there's a lot of the Russian Orthodox church that kind of, I don't know, are they supporting Putin? He, I've seen him, I've seen him with these guys with their, you know, their neat hats and all the stuff they wear. They're very, they're very Orthodox, you know, and, uh, I don't know. I'm just, just talking. Uh, but you know, as far as I know that tomorrow they could bomb them into nothing, but they haven't yet. And for all, for all, uh, purposes that I've heard so far, everybody wants to keep saying the Ukrainians are putting up one heck of a fight. And it seems to me that they actually are. Uh, then there's, you know, the, the horror show that they throw out there about how the Russians are doing this and that and blah, blah, blah. And the Russians are, you know, torturing people and killing civilians. And it goes on and on folks. Let me, let me throw something to you. This is a war. I've said it again. I'm I'm sure I'll say it more than now. And I have said it before, this is a war in a war ugly things happen the ugliest things that you can imagine in your mind will happen in a war look look at old yeah, there's shows there on tv uh i'm fortunate with my provider that i get the smithsonian channel now they don't show enough of them but uh they have a uh, a show called apocalypse world war ii or something like that. And you see some graphic detail of what the Germ- Germans did to not just the Jews. I'm talking about when they were fighting. And I'm sure that we did a few things too that weren't so kosher. It's called war. It's not that card game where you try to take the other guy's cards or it's not, you know, what we used to play in the backyard as as boys running around bang bang, I'm dead. Okay, I'm a new man. When the bang bang happens, you're dead. Period. You're not getting back up. And, you know, there's utensils in war that are used that obliterate, obliterate humans. You get if you're in a building where a tank shell hits it, it's not going to be a pretty sight. You know, you you get a chance. You check out a, uh, you check out a, a just a bullet, a bullet from a AK forty seven or seventy four or whatever they have the Kalashnikov rifle. It's a seven point six two millimeter bullet. That's a pretty good. That's big as your pinky, you know, flying through the air at a pretty good speed or a 50 caliber from a machine gun on our side, a 50 caliber. That's like a half an inch. It's a big round. These things are not going to feel good when they hit you. They can rip things off of you. War is ugly. And in this war, it's not, a, it, you don't have defined lines you have civilians that are going to the police department and saying, give me a rifle. And they give them a rifle and a few boxes of ammo. And the civilians are fighting this war. Now I give them credit. I wonder if we had the same thing happen here. Is that the same reaction that they they would get from our population or would everybody be running around like they do now? Oh, I know we don't want to play with guns takes you back to the movie Red Dawn where a group of teenagers stood up against the, uh, what was it, the Russians or the Chinese or whatever. Actually, it was. It was the Russians and the Cubans, if I'm not mistaken. But, you know, they, not to get off track there, but, you know, what would happen? Would we stand up as they have? Or would we all, no, going to depend on the government to take care of it? And, you know, those guys are all going to be underground. 
safe somewhere. The Bible talks about these people that hide from the wrath of God underground. And, you know, I'm not saying that Putin's God, so... I'm just saying, we we have a group of politicians that are ready to run underground at the first chance they can get. I don't like politicians pretty much anywhere. And uh, my buddy Mike reminds me now and then, he, he says, I think it's you that said, you know, they're the two wings on the same dirty bird. Well, it was, I've said it, I've said it to him a couple of times. It's not an original thought from me. Uh, I've picked it up. I think I heard it from Rush Limbaugh. So there you go. We have a very, very disturbing political system. Very disturbing. Nancy Pelosi at the chief head of it, 82 years old, uh, right in line to be president of the United States. If something untoward would happen down the road, uh, speaker of the house, at least for another seven months or whatever. It's scary, isn't it? Five months, I guess it is. It's scary to think about that woman and that much power. And she can't really put together too many coherent thoughts as it is. And if if you, like, chained her hands down or tied them to her side, she wouldn't be able to talk. And they don't, the, the hand gestures are go everywhere. Their hands are flying all over the place. You wouldn't want to be within an arm's length of that broad when she's talking because you just get beat half to death. She's not very intelligent. At least cognitively, she has slidden, I believe, a long way. Now, some people think she's a drunk. I don't know. I, I don't want to bear false witness on that. I have no idea how much she drinks. And I don't care. All I know is she is a political nightmare. To have that woman at the helm. Do we remember a few years ago when she tore up the speech that Donald Trump gave because she had to make a statement and she was never touched for that. She destroyed an archived government document on live TV and nobody said a word. That's the system that we have in government where you can do whatever you want and just, that's it. Hillary Clinton and her group of bloodthirsty yaps can go to a, a party where they have cakes that are made up to bleed when you break them open and all this dis- heads, people underneath the table with their heads sticking up that's gross, man. And and I, I don't understand it. I mean, other than it's totally demonic. And, you know, they get a pass. Oh, well, it's just a party. We're just having a fundraiser with, you know, fake blood, I'm sure. But I don't know. Maybe it was real. You got, uh, was her uh, Marina Abramovich that does spirit cooking? And it's like, oh, it's nothing. It's nothing. It's satanic is what it is. You might as well put on the black robes, go to the coven, uh, dance around the fire, however the witches do it. But they get, you know, the, the public gives them a free pass because the public has been dumbed down. Dumbed down by the government. Dumbed down by this leftist agenda of stupidity and ignorance and dumbed down by the Christian church or the so-called, it calls itself, Christian church, which denies that these things can be satanic. But anyway, uh, again, Tom's on a soapbox. Here we go. Um, We have heard over the past months since this war kicked and Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. Uh, first off, I'm 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 ahead of myself. So anyway, we have Pelosi and all them. They run off to Ukraine. Have they ever been to New Mexico, Texas, Arizona to check our border and to and to go down there and pledge allegiance 
to the governors of those states and say, we're here to help you for the duration. We're going to be here until this war is over. You know, we look at this thing on our southern border, and people don't think it's a war. It's a war, folks, and we're losing it as illegal migrants I shouldn't say aliens, have come across that border in droves. They're getting ready to lift the Title 42 uh, thing that keeps people from uh, just walking across the border because of COVID, they say. That was why 42 was enacted. But yet, they're going to just lift it and let them in. And they know there's going to be a flood of people coming across that border. The uh, uh, guy that's in charge of all that garbage, Mayorkas, just sits back and says, oh, yeah, we know it's going to happen, but, you know, we're, we're ready for it. We haven't been ready for it before they lifted it. A million people in a month, I think it was, that hit our border and we put them on buses and planes and ship them off to cities that are probably predominantly were kind of red or purple in their political leaning to push them more into the blue Democrat uh, BS. We are losing our country on our southern border. But yet we're more worried about the Russians and the Ukrainians on the border over there. Our border is important. Our border is very important. And many people see that and they call out to it. But yet nothing seems to be happening politically. You have, you know, you've had some people have gone down some of the, uh, uh, representatives that we put into office. I don't know if any of mine have, but uh, some of them have made it down there. They've they've given their account. Even AOC was there, but you know she cried and and was so upset at the at the uh, Trump lockdown cages for children, which he didn't build. He didn't build them. Obama had those things put together down at our border so you know just crawl off that alexandria ocasia because your fake tears mean nothing i don't want tears in congress i'm tired of these guys with their little weak systems who want to stand around and cry i'm tired of tears in pulpits, I'm tired, you know, that just lie. It's lying. They're not even real. I want strength. I want somebody with backbone to stand there and say, we are going to end this mess, and we are going to put forth a bill to end it. But, you know, what do we get? We get tears, and we get sappy stories and and you know what it's a horrible thing when young kids are are caught up in this thing and i just wonder how many of those youngsters end up into the sex trades and traffic and i I don't even like talking about that stuff but it is it is a fact of our lives and it's a fact of what goes on down there in that area and other ones too you know i've done some research on disappearances of children and and uh, the exploited kids there's a you can go on missing and exploited children uh, there's a website that's set up for that and shows you know for people to place their kids on this with a picture to show who they look like or what they look like where they were last seen how old they were and uh, it's it is heart that is heartbreaking. But, you know, the, these people, all they want to do is, is, you know, flood the system. And they're doing it. 
they I guess they figured out they couldn't pack the court like they wanted to, and they they didn't bring D.C. into becoming a state, which is illegal under the Constitution of the United States. It's a federally mandated city or whatever. It cannot be a state, but they wanted to make it one because it's so blue in the Democratic spate of things that then we'd have, you know, that extra state that would go Democrat. Oh, yeah, get Puerto Rico and, you know, a few other ones. Might as well pull them all in, make them all Democrat, and we'd never see a conservative in in government again. That's the idea. That's what they really want is to run them all out, you know, lock up guys like Gates and, uh, you know, slam and slurry the the blonde girl from Georgia. What's her name? Marjorie Taylor Greene. Now, you know, I'm not sold out to those people either. They don't give me a nickel for what I say. And, I, you know, if I contacted them, they wouldn't come on my little show. Although I just might do that and just see if they would. And, you know, we're not going to beat on them. You know, we're not going to hound them. I'm not going to call them names. I've had, I've seen other guys do it, and and they they had, you know, their back up there of, of some of the things these people have pulled. But, you know, we're, we're coming into a primary here in Ohio, and things are kind of juggling right now of, of you know, who's going to end up on the ballot. We'll see. We shall see. And I'm... I'm 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 not the I'm not the best at researching these people. Uh my buddy Mike is very good at it. And I I get a hold of him. I say, Mike, what what which way are we going here? You know, what's the best way to go? And he's given me his opinion and I, I, I appreciate it. Because I'm not good at it. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. I, I get I get so caught up in Bible study. <laughs> you know? Uh I'm not lying either. I actually do, but uh, you know, and so does he. Uh, trust me. It's I have a different vent though. I kind of I kind of go down a different route, uh, and I skip around all the personalities, and I guess I just trash them all when I do it. But anyway, I really would like to see the southern border being so uh, well documented. You know, well, these people to get down there and, and actually do something about that. Now, uh, Ukraine, yeah, that's a big deal. Not because there's no other wars in the world. We talked about that a few days or a week or so back, about the wars that like are going on in uh, all over Africa and uh, Yemen, Saudi Arabians, the Hootsies and the Tootsies and all these things. You know, India and Pakistan who look at each other every day and wonder when are we going to just start shooting each other. Uh, North and South Korea. China China kind of sharpening her fangs over his fangs, whatever they are, over looking at Taiwan. And Taiwan looking back and saying, what are we going to do when that happens? And then everybody looking at the United States and saying, why aren't you helping us? Oh, you're busy over in Ukraine laundering money. We've already sent five billion dollars there, and they're already trying to th- throw in another thirty-three. And we, w- before you know it, that green back in your pocket is this going to be a green piece of paper that really isn't worth anything? It's pretty close to that now. Go to the grocery store, and you'll find out. Go to the gas station, you'll find out. That dollar that was worth a little bit more two years ago is worth a whole lot less now, about half what it was then. We're looking at nuclear war here. And, you know, people have been shaking that for a long time. But uh, we're really, I mean, there's a serious possibility of some kind of a nuclear nuclear weapon being used at some point in time. Now, there's different ones. You know, not every one of them is like uh, um, the ones that knock out a whole country, you know, <laughs> or a state or a city. Like we we've seen on the TV shows over the years, like I said the other day, we we're talking about Jericho, a, a TV show about nuclear attack. Uh, years ago, there was a movie I can't remember the name of it now. Uh, the day after, I think it was, and you can see it on YouTube. It's an old, but it's a it's not a bad show. I mean, but it, you know, it shows a full blown, you know, what they call 
mutual assured destruction type of nuclear attack. Now, those aren't really what we're looking at right now, I don't think. But, you know, there are what they call battlefield nukes, which are tactical battlefield nukes, a little bit smaller yield than your average. Uh, But then there's also submarines. I talked about this about a year ago. And I brought it up even in my church, and I got poo-pooed over it. it was uh, don't worry about the Russians. Well, the Russians parked four submarines, I believe it was, up on the Arctic Circle. They broke through the ice because they had the ability to do so. Each one of those submarines carries a a well-stocked payload of ballistic nuclear weapons. The hypersonic, that's... Fast. That's going to be up to 18, Mach 18 or something like that. Extremely f- fast speeding missiles that if they busted one of those things off from where they were sitting at the uh, Arctic Circle, it hit New York City in like 30 minutes. 30 minutes. They, they used, uh, they've already used hypersonic missiles in the Ukrainian uh, war. And uh, they tested another one in Russia that they they shot one off from one side of Russia to the other. It was like 3,600 mile, and it covered that distance in like 15 minutes. That's fast. That's how quick a firebomb can hit you. And those subs, they can be just about anywhere. They could probably get one into the Great Lakes if they wanted to. I don't know. We we our our intelligence is so good, you know. Anyway, Donald Trump talking to Piers Morgan. I brought that up a little bit ago. Then I, I sidetracked it. Uh, he had some interesting things to say. You know, my clips today aren't all that long. This is eighteen seconds. Listen to Trumpy. Or not. Some reason I'm having a technical difficulty. Hold hold tight. Sometimes my equipment gives me a hard time. When I say this, our country's in trouble. Something has to happen. And if it doesn't happen, and if we don't have smart leadership, you're going to end up with no world. The world is going to be blown to pieces. We have stupid people now running our country. The world is going to be blown to pieces. He's right. We have stupid people running our country. And I said it before, and I'm not, again, I don't take credit for the statement. But uh, when America's weak, the world is dangerous. And I again, look at who is at the helm. A guy who, when you watch him walk, you can tell he's he's taken high steps, short gait, high steps, um, purely a, a sign of a man who's in decline. He's had aneurysms in his brain already. So um, I think that was like 10, 15 years ago. I didn't know that until I was watching news the other day. I heard... Uh, doctor on there talking about it and they were repaired but not repaired in the more modern way you know it is actually rather disturbing that they push this man into office in a into a job that someone half his age or 20 years younger than him would it ages you look at obama you know, Obama's 61. He's as, he is, he, in the eight years he spent in that office, and of course he golfed most of it, but, you know, he, he you, it's still, it, it taxes you. It's a hard job. Being a president isn't just sitting behind a desk and smoking a cigar with your feet up. You got to travel. You have to, you have to do press conferences, you know, except when you don't want to. You know, when it impinges on you and your family, it didn't make any difference with Trump. They hounded him everywhere he went. They did pretty good with Bushy, too. They chased him around a lot. 
that Obama, all he had to say, I don't want to talk today, and they just walk away. Yelling, yelling questions, and, you know, Biden does the same thing. He can't answer questions. He can't be on the spot. He gets mad at the littlest things. When, when people get to a certain degree, when they start to feel the decline in their mentality, and they know it's happening, many get angry. And it shows. You can see it. Just watch him snaps and snarks at these uh press people and 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 jumps all over them and now you're not that's not what i said i didn't say that you know he's always acts like he's just ticked off that's not a good that's not a good sign for us um since we're talking about nukes right Technology is beating me over the head all day today. Oh, here, I think, is that it? I do have a clip here. Let's, let's, let's listen to this one. The prospect of nuclear conflict, once unthinkable is now back within the realm of possibility. This is a, a, a just a little quick montage of things. These are different people, uh, experts on nuclear weaponry and what it does. And it basically gives you an idea of what will happen or could happen if they touch off a nuke and send a missile our way or anywhere, really. Modern nuclear weapon hitting in a major American city would be many times worse than the Hiroshima or Nagasaki. It would be a historic destruction of unbelievable proportions. 69% of Americans surveyed said they are worried the invasion of Ukraine could lead to nuclear war, and they fear that we could be at the beginning stages of World War III. But the Biden administration is assuring Americans the threat isn't critical. We are assessing President uh, Putin's uh, directive, and at this time we see no reason to change our own alert levels. Even before the invasion of Ukraine, over the past few years, the norms and the agreements that kind of put guardrails on nuclear weapons have really eroded. It's a weapon that's not designed to kill soldiers. It's designed to destroy cities or take out critical infrastructure. If you are a activist that cares about climate change or reproductive health care or government spending, like you should care about nuclear weapons. As long as these weapons are about, the possibility will always be there that they will actually use. So while a nuclear attack is very unlikely, here's how it would hypothetically look and how the U.S. could respond. Researchers estimate that there are approximately 12,700 nuclear weapons around the world spread across nine different countries. The United States, Russia, France, China, the United Kingdom, Pakistan, India, Israel, and North Korea. The U.S. and Russia hold the majority. As of 2022, the U.S. has more than 5,400 nuclear weapons, while Russia has close to 6,000. The total explosive power of all the nuclear weapons today is so large that if you took a Hiroshima bomb and dropped it every two hours, 12 times a day, every day starting in 1945 on August 6th. Up till today, you still couldn't use up our current arsenal in terms of its explosive. You get that little piece there. I just wanted to come in for a minute. It, it, those are the kind of things that interest me. It's like when they say, how much is a trillion dollars? And they tell you, well, if you spent a million dollars every day from the time Jesus was here, you'd be spending it till eternity. Uh, of all the nukes that we have, if you dropped a Hiroshima bomb every two hours, you couldn't equal, to right up to today, you could not equal the amount of power in those nuclear weapons that they have now. That's a scary thought. That's a lot of destructive power. 
Researchers, academics, and advocacy groups have written reports detailing what a hypothetical attack could look like. There would be blast, there would be radioactivity, and there would be fires. And those would be horrific and horrible direct effects on the people where the bombs would be dropped. In location can significantly change how destructive an explosion is. So you have an explosion on Wall Street. You're going to have blast damage probably into the Lower East Side, into the East Village that far away and you're going to have fire damage maybe upper east side maybe even up to harlem and that's in new york where the design and the, the buildings of new york actually contain things in a great way if it's a smaller city a lower city a city that's more spread out we did our study around rotterdam rotterdam does not have a lot of skyscrapers so the blast damage and the impact of the firestorm is much greater the plans i've seen in the u.s the, the fema plans are you you isolate the the center the very center of the explosion you don't allow emergency services in there and you just that's just it you hope people can help each other if pull each other out of rubble and you triage around that where you can have more services in the broader concentric circles the further out but because that fireball also sets everything on fire and goes out from there a firestorm might erupt if putin feels that his efforts are stalled there's the possibility of a desperation move you could use a nuclear weapon in a demonstration strike outside in a rural area or even at sea just to say, look, I've got these weapons and I could use them. I personally think that's not that likely because that to me would signal irresolution. What's more likely is that he could use a nuclear weapon on a Ukrainian target, use it on a city, and then demand that Ukraine government has unconditional surrender. That's what we did in 1945 at Hiroshima and Nagasaki. I believe that that would be a war crime. It'd be a war crime. You know, that's that's something I brought up before. Hiroshima and Nagasaki, <clears throat> we dropped uh, two atomic bombs on them, one on each, uh, to end World War II with the Japanese. Now, again, it's okay for us to do that. Now, and I'm not anti-American. I'm not anti anything World War Two. Okay, just don't, don't tar and feather me or, or disallow your yourself to listen to what we have to say. It's just a just a statement that we have done some of the things in the past that now we condemn. Now, did we are we condemning this because you know we have a high moral ground? Uh, I had one guy argue with me on that, not very far because I just won't do it, uh, through the keyboard, of course, that, well, that's a stupid thing to say, basically. You know, that, you know they, the Japanese wouldn't surrender. Well, that, I believe they would have. Uh, the American might. Now, the thing is, is we'd have lost a lot of lives. But we bombed a lot of civilians, and uh, that's this bottom line. You know, we did what we did. I stand behind it. I'm an American. I can't help it. But, you know, now we can't sit there and shake our finger and say, well, look what you're doing. But you shouldn't even be in Ukraine, Russia. You shouldn't be there. But uh, I just played that really so that you'd hear or get an idea. And you, you can find videos. That was actually a audio from a video on YouTube. I'm not promoting YouTube, but, you know, it's there. Use it for the good that it can be. Um. And it's called what would happen in a nuclear attack. You know, it's interesting because, you know, we live in a, a, a time where you just never know what's next. Because the people that are in power across the planet, there's very few that I would even want to shake hands with because they are really kind of out there. And I'm talking about any of them. I don't care Republican or Democrat. There's not too many of them that really get me to want to run out and support them 100%. It's like, hold your nose and pull the lever, you know, and then go home quickly and take a shower. I heard some, you know, the other day, I was sitting in church, and churches love to preach on first Thessalonians chapter four because that's their rapture passage. 
a lot of scholars, they look at the Bible as it's passage to passage, I think. They don't, they, they you know, Paul, Paul said to, uh, I teach the whole counsel of God or, or something to that effect. And, he, and that was, you know, we have to kind of take our uh, teaching and preaching pointers from Jesus, Paul, and all the other apostles, the prophets down through the Old Testament even. You know, there's, there's a way to expound on the Bible, and that's how I want to wrap up today. Because with all the stuff that goes on in our world and all the possibilities of devastation and whatever else it's kind of depressing and it's kind of hard to to you know kind of piece it all together and figure out what am i supposed to do with all that but if you look at first thessalonians chapter four we're going to stay away from chapter four verse 15 and forward we're going to go from chapter 4, verse 1. Chapter 4, and right around verse 1. Let's just read a bit. Let's see if I get my microphone where I can see what I'm doing. Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so ye would abound more and more. For you know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, not in the lust of compuscence, even as the Gentiles, which know not God. That's personal desires, uh, basically compuscience is another fancy, big, long word for letting yourself get caught up in yourself and running after your own lusts and desires. That no man go beyond and and defraud his brother in any manner because the Lord is the avenger of all such as we also have forewarned you and testified. For God hath thus called us unto uncleanness, but into holiness. Let's just stop right there. In a world that we live in that's going nuts, you turn on the TV, and you know what? I'm not an anti-TV guy. I'm not saying take it out and shoot it like uh, (laughs) David Wilkerson and his church promoted. It was all about, you know, complete coal, you know, blow it away. The TV's the devil. It's an idol that sits in the corner of your room and an eye that you're looking at, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's silly talk. You have to figure out what you're going to entertain yourself with. And, and there again, that's a bad word these days, entertain, because it's overplayed. You know, spend your time seeking God. Spend your time seeking Christ, Jesus Christ. Spend your time listening or seeking out those who can uh, lead you in the right ways. I pray that we do here. Those are the kind of things that we need to focus on. You know, if you sit there and watch TV and you see uh, the things that they do, it is disturbing and disgusting. It's like me and my buddy Mike were talking about music. And I grew up in the 60s and 70s, and, and th- that was when the pinnacles of rock and roll really kicked in. You know, you had groups like Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath and Blue Oyster Cult and all the, oh, they, Those are all bad examples of things to listen to. Really bad. It's And if you listen to them, it's sex 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 and some of it was rather dark 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 but there was all that stuff that was injected into that music to bring it forth was nothing about anything usually but some kind of darkness and lust just and it was all it didn't promote hey go get married and stay married to the same girl forever you know that blah, blah, blah. No, it was like 
Hey, you know, swing from one to the other, you know, blah, blah, blah. Now, not all those guys lived those kind of lives, but they sang about them. And they wrote lyrics about them. And uh, the same goes now. If you watch TV, you know, hardly anybody's really married. You know, they're just shacking up. And then they turn they turn the, the screws so much towards homosexuals, it makes me want to throw up. And that's my thumb rests on that fast forward button. You know, there's shows that me and the wife like to watch, and they, they got these guys that'll start kissing you. I, I, as soon as they cut, it's a, if it's a, a scene and you know the characters already, you see them coming into that scene. I just hit the, off, I don't even, want, I don't even care. It has nothing to do with the rest of the show. It's just to promote a licentious, disgusting lifestyle. How do we then live? We don't let our lusts run us, our desires. And they could be, they don't have to be sexual. They can be anything. You know, there's a lot of people that have a love for money. It doesn't say money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money, depending on what version of the Bible you look at. I got it, King James. Love of money is the root of all evil. Some of them say the roots of all kinds of evil. But, you know, evil's evil to me. Evil, not just bad. And you look at these fat cats in our government that have more money than they should ever, you know, how does Pelosi, uh, speaking of her, uh, have, she's got a refrigerator that costs more than most people's cars in a house that costs more than, well, you, you get the idea. And then she went and bought another one down on the beach. Everybody is living on the beach too. All the global warming. It's gonna it's gonna flood the world. We're not gonna be able, and they got beachfront properties. You know, Obama and Martha's Vineyard and and Obama, uh, O'Biden with his house right there in Delaware on the on the on the ocean, riding on the beach, whatnot. They don't fear that too much when they're out there walking around. Oh, the tsunami can come get me now. They're feeding us garbage. I, I plan my best here to not do that. I, I called this show Removing Confusion because that's exactly what I want to do. I don't want you to leave this show confused. You know, I will bring up topics here and there, especially the Bible topics that seem to go against the grain of the church and what it teaches you. Because sometimes I think they're way off base. Now, in this case, we're, we're looking at uh, Paul telling people in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 1 through whatever I read there, 5 or 6 or 8, that this is the way God is expecting you. And he says, well, the way I taught you, that Paul taught the Thessalonians, that they should live this way and walk this way. Walk as in how he walked is what John wrote in First John chapter two, I think about verse sixteen. It's it happens over and over again. But when you bring that up in church as a teacher, preacher, slash whatever, oh, you're teaching you know, heresy. No, I'm not. I'm telling you what the Bible says. And this is funny. Uh not funny. This is not coincidence. This is how it was written in First Thessalonians four where first of all, Paul tells the people, this is how you should live. And then it gets down to verse 15, where he says, but I don't want you to be ignorant concerning those who have died or fallen asleep. And he goes into the whole second coming of Christ. Now I get tarred and feathered for saying that, because I should say rapture of the church. Okay, you can say that. The timing of it may be the problematic thing. Is it pre, mid, post, pre-wrath, intraseal? There's a dozen different rapture theories out there. And I'll tell you who knows which one's right. 
God, Lord Jesus Christ. They know because it says so. Now, I said all that to say this. Paul gives us a pretty plain and simple synopsis of how to live and then rolls right into Jesus reappearing and taking his saints home. It's not a coincidence, folks. That's how the Bible goes. It's the same, you know, chapter and verse, yeah, those are those are uh, imprinted onto the Bible that we have now by man. So they're not really what I would call inspired. But in this case, in the many cases, you can find some kind of maybe God's hand guided those chapter and verse fellows because it fits. Here's how you should live as you look forward to the coming of the king. If you knew the king was coming, you'd clean your house. Get it clean, folks. Keep it clean. Stay on the track. Till next time, Tom Richardson, remove confusion. And remember, steponsocks.com's backslash removing confusion.